Good evening, all. Uh, welcome to today's webinar, Building an All-Inclusive Metaverse. My name is Sharad Agarwal. I'm the CEO of CyberGear, which is a digital agency based in Dubai. I started in 1996, and I'm pretty much the web one guy who used to search on Alta Vista and use uh, Netscape to browse the web because Google did not exist, nor did Internet Explorer. So when you fast forward, we are now in Web3. So today my company provides metaverse and NFT solutions, brands in the region. When COVID happened some uh, 18 months back, I started this new venture called onlywebinars.com, which is a platform for having engaging conversations and networking with people across the globe. And today I'm very happy to be hosting this webinar along with Lela Herstel, who's worked extremely hard to put this show together. So I want to give a big shout out to her. And just so all of yeah, so just all of uh, all of you should know, she's the co-founder of All Stars Women Community. And All Star Women's mission is to close the funding gap for women, build an inclusive metaverse, and ensure. And women lead the way in Web 3.0. So I'm going to hand it over to Leila to moderate this session, and I will be with her uh, during the entire webinar. Uh, audience should put in their comments, their questions in the chat box that we'll be monitoring. And uh, over to you, Leila, to uh, introduce our panelists, and let's start our discussion. Sure. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for joining us today in this uh, webinar. And uh, thank you, Sharad, for um, helping me to organize all of this. And I'd like to thank our amazing panelists for uh, accepting to, to, to share their experiences and their knowledge with uh, the rest of us here. I'm studying economics and business at UCL. Um, as Sharad mentioned, I'm the founder of All Stars Women uh, NFT Club and DAO. My, my co-founder is on the webinar as well. And it's a community of 10,000 female founders and entrepreneurs. And we're going to be creating a DAO, uh, which will um, be backing a fund. And the money that we raised from the minting uh, proceeds will be going back into this fund, which will be used to invest into the female founders, entrepreneurs of the community. And any uh, profits generated from, from this will be reinvested into the fund and distributed throughout the, um, the NFT club uh, community. And uh, so, just to introduce uh, some of the amazing panelists that we have here, uh, we have uh, Yana Abramova amongst us. Yana Abramova is the managing partner at Pretiosium Ventures uh, Venture Capital. It's a VC firm with a focus on European early stage companies. She is also an ambassador for uh, Tech Nation in the UK and an exceptional uh, tech talent visa holder. And uh, we have the amazing Kelly Lovell here. She is the founder of Bridging the Gap Ventures. Uh, it was founded with the goal of bringing together young change makers with the world's top industry leaders to usher in a new era for humanity that is more connected, more collaborative, and um, empower, more empowered than the status quo. Uh, Miss Kelly built a curated community of active uh, youth uh, champions and passionate young people that uh, organizations, brands, and thought leaders can tap into. 
And then we have uh, Tarja Stephens. Uh, Tarja is the co-founder of Metaverse Inclusive, which is a media brand on a mission to be the global frontier for advancing diversity and inclusion in the metaverse. Uh, Tarja is passionate about harnessing the power of virtual worlds to make a positive impact in the real world and unlock people's collective potential for the greater good. Miss Andrea Abrams, um, she's a retail industry veteran and a C-level executive with a brand uh, with a broad background in cross-border expansion strategies and partnerships, as well as technologies for physical and digital retail expansions. She is the founder of Fijicode, which is a consortium of industry leaders involved in various aspects of metaverse development, transitioning brands. Um, products and experiences to a dual identity where physical and digital values coexist and uh, enhance each other. Um, yes, and um, as well, Jamie Brett here, who is the founder of MetaHub, which organizes virtual reality events and conferences. Uh, what motivates Jamie is designing, developing, and delivering meaningful interventions that also have a social, uh, true social impact. Uh, yes, so I'd like to get started and just kind of uh, start tapping into the, the venture capital world. Um, here at our main focus here at All Stars Women is gender equality issues and especially to bring diversity into the entrepreneurial ecosystem. Uh, businesses funded by women actually deliver higher returns on investments, more than twice as much per dollar invested than those led by men. Uh, according to a study, uh, a research made by BCG, uh, yet women only receive a fraction of overall funding from investors. And so what I'd like to know, um, um, what is Yana, uh, because you're, uh, you have such uh, a long experience in the venture capital world, I'd like to know what is causing this in your opinion, and how can we help to close the funding gap for women? Okay, thank you so much Lila for having me. Um, thank you so much for, for the question. Um, I would love to start maybe like kind of coming back to the origins, right? The venture capital industries historically is like extension of technology. Technology is an extension of engineering and engineering is, a priority, is primarily a very masculine environment. Um, the good news is that the industry is changing and uh, we, we see a lot of people are Kind of going into the tech tech ecosystem now, uh, we also see that um, literally half of the planet consumptions in terms of use and what is required is uh, uh, done by women. Um, I think overall um, there are two points I, I want to I want to share here. First, I think it's not only about the gender diversity, but also like a cultural diversity, um, in a way that we need to build. Um, could be inclusive metaverse, it could be um, um, any tech company or any VC company should be uh, built um, with a diverse perspective in mind, uh, bringing different genders and different cultures together. Um, secondly, I think um, I don't really want to di differentiate my, myself um, or uh, people, women in, in, in tech too much. Uh, from let's say from the rest because um, while we want to invest in the best best of the best people and to me for example it doesn't really um, matter whether which gender you are but it's more about how you can uh, will, that whether you will be able to build um, an awesome company um, and then whether you can just uh, build a great team together and just bring people together 
Um, so what 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 really matters? So sometimes I feel when you put a lot of um, uh, like em- when you emphasize a lot about the diversity, sometimes it's it's not it doesn't really like uh, bring that much good um, to people. But at the same time, I agree that all the initiatives that we have and then that help in bringing women in the tech ecosystem are very important mm-hmm. um, because I finally see that how like see the, the shift um, starting, let's say from last year uh, when people are hiring uh, more women because they, they, not because they have to show the diverse board or diverse company, but that they truly mean it. And they finally realize how it's important to have different opinions around the table. Yeah, thank you very much uh, for for giving us your opinion. And I think what you're saying is extremely interesting. And uh, I'd like to, to jump on your point and ask you, so what are you looking for exactly when founders pitch to you? And uh, which advice can you give to female founders in particular? Okay. Um, I guess it's um, um, the strange thing to answer, um, but... Uh, one of my partners in, in, in the firm with great experience always says that um, almost right at the beginning you feel or you don't feel uh, whether it's a good company or not. Uh, yeah. While it's not yeah. really academic, yeah, while it's not really academic approach, uh, but it's true that the good ones you can always see or like you can always tell right away uh, and then forget about the business plan and forget everything else. Uh, at the early stage, we invest in people and we invest with pe- in people that have a drive, um, that um, they have a drive, um, they have an idea, and then more or less they have like kind of a, a, a team together. It could be only two people, uh, but uh, that all that matters because um, the, the business plans will never work in 99% of cases. And we know all that. Um, yes, um, so... I think uh, in terms of what um, what the advice I can give to the female founders, um, I think the, the main point and the biggest point and the biggest problem I see with female founders, they cannot really portray the bigger picture. So they always focus on like one or two years horizon and they say, well, we want to raise money so then we can get to, I don't know, 100K MRR, right? But then as a VC, we are looking at 10 years um, period and then we just want to, look at some companies that can deliver outstanding returns and then company um, founders that can that they will be able to 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 build these unicorns so you definitely need to think bigger and also mm-hmm. recruit an awesome team uh, that are stronger than you are thank you so much uh, for this valuable advice and for sharing kind of like your insights and what you look for before investing in companies and I'd also like to um, tie this to a fact, which is that less than 10% of women feel that they understand crypto. Uh, so Yana or anyone else from the board, um, if you'd like to answer, how can we invite more women to get involved in this space? Uh, how can we get them to be more involved in Web3 and, and crypto? I think I if if um, yeah I think I'll 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 just uh, share because of well sure. um, I think I only recently saw only one initiative focusing on women in crypto it's called my uh, BFF I think BFF.com so then yeah. then they're, they're building like this um, the 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 place where safe place where you can learn about crypto um, myself and my team we were looking uh, even like to do something. Um, 
in previous year because I feel it's very important. Um, a lot of people in crypto are, um, you know, male, um, and yeah. that's also true. And then we've done a lot of customer research, and then what we realized um, is, uh, you know, literally you are one of you. You are what is five people around you are right. And so if people around you are not really in the crypto, you will never even be able to be interested, or you don't even have the access to it. So obviously, when you're in tech, and then you all you hear about this new developments, you you kind of have an access. But even my tech friends, they're not really in crypto yet. So I think it's uh, would be interested to, yeah. So yeah. we need more initiatives like my best friend, my uh, BFF, um, and we need to to get more education and in terms of and then also show how um, easy it is to set up and how it's easy to um, start building up your portfolio in in the space. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much um, for those insights as well. And um, as like, I'm also in my early like 20s and uh, I'm trying to get my friends as well more and more involved in crypto. And I feel like teenagers uh, in the same age span as me are are starting to get more involved. So it's kind of a a younger generation that's coming in. And um, uh, I've just had a question for Miss Kelly here, uh, Miss Kelly. As the founder of uh, many initiatives to empower uh, the younger generations and as the founder of uh, the Younger Initiative, could you please tell us more uh, actually about your Younger Initiative and uh, your strategies to like educate and equip emerging young talent to lead innovation and contribute to the metaverse, um, even the metaverse, crypto, Web3? Of course, thank you. So essentially, um, our mission is to uh, bridge opportunity gaps to create access and opportunity for emerging young leaders around the world to prepare for the future and build a better world. So that looks at preparing them for the future of jobs and in the process, learning about how to make an impact in their community through addressing things like the Nine Nations Sustainable Development Goals and incorporating a social enterprise within their work. And when one of the things that kind of brought us into this space is understanding that these emerging technologies, crypto, NFT, Web3, things like this, aren't exclusive just for those who want to have a tech career. These mm-hmm. affect our lives uh, fully, everything from our consumer experiences to um, household um, growth, investment. There's all many different ways that these will affect us. And um, one of the main things that I was seeing, especially within the NFT space, is again, um, very uh, skewed and and dominated by existing um, circles and not a lot of opportunities for underrepresented voices, which are women, but they can also include minority groups and so on, which that's what the power of these amazing technologies have is they have the opportunity to uh, spread um, access and awareness and give visibility to emerging talent that they normally wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good yeah. example is um, usually uh, the the art spaces are tend to be very homogeneous with 85% white, um, 87% male artists, where NFTs create this opportunity to overcome that, to bring visibility to women and minority voices in a way that can generate income and overcome some of the initial barriers that they would face in traditional structures in in getting approved and and visible in those spaces. Um, So I feel there's a really um, core importance on educating 
because we don't participate in things we don't know about or that we're um, confused about. So the more that we can educate and create awareness of the opportunity that these technologies unlock, the greater opportunities we can bridge for these emerging talent and stars that are around the world to be able to participate, but yeah. also shape and contribute to the space. Because if we don't contribute and get these innovators in, we're going to innately build in the biases that we have already within our current structures. Hmm. Well, thank you so much. Uh, your initiatives are, are really amazing and they're truly like empowering and especially for um, our generation. Uh, you're giving a lot of um, like teenagers, like many opportunities. And one of the questions I wanted to ask as well is how can we actually reduce uh, those entry barriers uh, for young creators to participate in, in crypto and, and Web3 and, and get more involved? Uh, so one of the core principles at Bridging the Gap is intersectional and intergenerational. So big words, but essentially what that means is uh, cross-sector. So bringing um, expertise from different spaces and creating access to experts and decision makers. So one of the things that we um, do on a regular basis is we create uh, what we call innovation masterminds, where we'll bring in a high-level leader like the Undersecretary General of the United Nations or a CEO of a Fortune 500 to connect in with young people to learn directly from the source and gain that career coaching and insight into their sphere. And in the process, it's reverse mentorship. A lot of those leaders also in gain benefits from tapping into the youth-led innovation and ideas. So I think we need more spaces that are participatory, that we have different voices and lived experiences and different generations a part of, so we can truly uplift and grow together. So I would say creating more spaces like what you're doing right here, where we're bringing people together to learn and understand that, um, again, it's not um, secular and that these are going to cross cut our lives. So being curious, uh, one of the top skills when we look at preparing for the workforce, you look at experts like UNESCO and World Bank and all of these, we're not talking hard skills. We're not talking coding. What we're talking is curiosity, creativity collaboration. These are soft skills that are the fabric to the new worlds that we're building. Thank you so much. Um, this is all great. And I feel like there's a really uh, bright future ahead and many opportunities uh, to learn from and to seize as well. And so speaking about uh, young talent getting more and more involved uh, in Web3 and, and more women uh, taking advantage of the space, um, Tarja, I wanted to, to, to highlight, uh, because you're the, as the founder of Metaverse Inclusive, um, could you maybe tell us more about uh, the future talent that is needed in the Metaverse and, and Web3? Thank you. Thank you so much, Anela. First of all, this is amazing to be here Thank because so when much. I when you reach out and, and invited here, I think this is the this is the reason why we're here. And Kelly Initiatives, I'm a mom of two teenagers. So what you're building is so needed. So thank you for that. Um, so yes, the future talent, it is exciting. And at the same time, it is unknown. 
we cannot even imagine what kind of a talent is needed over the upcoming years. So what we have been doing is a lot working with the companies and what Kelly mentioned, the soft skills, what are the talent is needed? What kind of workforce? What are the new, new uh, job descriptions? We see now the new uh, chief metaverse officers that companies are, are hiring, but what they really need also is a strategy rather than just quickly hiring big teams what we have been doing is just basic, basic, basic steps, just to gain understanding of this kind of what we call it uh, could be a messy place because it is an unknown. Immersive technologies are coming, so I think this is where our role as coming and training. What Kelly mentioned, soft skills are super important. How we can train women inside these companies as well, that when they are starting to hire new startups are starting or enterprises within this space there is a place for women to come and also get the training. So I think they're all aligned and coming together in a sense, collaborating. We feel that companies also want to talk to each other rather than being in a silo and just building the teams. So I think it's a great, great responsible way to now bring women more into the space by providing them the training uh, within the companies already. Thank you so much. And um, I think it's it's really great what you're saying and what you're doing. And it's amazing to see uh, women join forces together to to give more opportunities to, to the female community. And uh, I really think that in this new generation and in this new era, um, even as my even myself, I, I feel like um, I, I, I've received a lot of great feedback and a lot of support. So it's it's really like uh, a new way for a new way to create new opportunities and, and new jobs and so uh, what I wanted to ask is uh, what tips can you can we give to women uh, who want to build a career in XR web3 and the metaverse space so I think right now it is to join a community that those are the tips like be surrounded what I think Jana or Kelly said you are when you have your five important people around you. So these communities are coming so fast right now. I think everybody has this place in a sense that's not learning. And I feel that uh, what I have seen so many women, for example, I have one woman who said, I'm doing a, a coaching for speaking. How can I do it now in a metaverse space? Like, absolutely, let's find out. So it is extension to the skill, what the women have already. And in order to find out how I can extend my skill in these new immersed technologies is to come together and learn what others are doing. And I think that's an exciting time that you don't need to kind of leave everything behind and jump into a new career, but it's more of extending your knowledge into this new space. So mm -hmm. I think my tip to anyone who's interested in learning is like, don't be disencouraged. I think Kelly mentioned, you don't need to be developer or engineer or any, any, any uh, talent that you have will be needed in this new, uh, new Web3 web uh, environment. Yeah, thank you so much. And so um, I wanted to put uh, this question out there. It's for anyone to answer. Um, so how, how can we actually bring more inclusion and more diversity into the metaverse uh, and the Web3 space? Um, I think one of the things, hi everybody. And um, thank you, Leila, for putting this together. I wanted to uh, echo what Jana said about, you know, the, the women in, before we talk about inclusiveness in general, I think women have uh, 
change to the role in investment. I come from the venture capital group as well, and I'm an investor myself in a lot of retail tech companies going back many years. And I can tell you a lot of the companies I've invested in are founded by women. Um, when I joined my uh, aerospace engineering uh, freshman class, many, many years ago, uh, during Web Wine, I was five out of 300, five women to 300 men. Um, the world has changed a lot. And I think Web One and Web Two have created more tools, but Web Two towards Web Three has allowed us to create community. And I echo what Tarja is saying. I think community is key. Uh, at Fiji Code, we talk about communicating through values and building community. We come. A lot of us come from the retail and consumer product background. And so we talk about what is it that the consumer wants. But the reality is that we don't talk about consumers anymore. We talk about community. So if you're a brand, the rules of brand building don't change. And community building has to be through shared values. If you think about shared values, and if you think about the possibilities today with Web3 of people getting their message out there, you can have a, a you can do a pitch on an investment much easier uh, with the tools of Web2 and Web3. And so inclusiveness is available to you with the tools. Uh, I think you could very much join communities today without, from anywhere in the world, with any level of education in a way that you couldn't in the last 20 years. And I think uh, that is where I echo Tarja's point. I think you have to educate yourself. You have to um, join as many communities as possible. Uh, Fiji Code is uh, set up to be a, a consortium of leaders and uh, with a lot of experience. I think most of the people in our consor consortium, half of which are more are women, um, have a lot of experience. And yet we've made a point to include young rising stars like, like Layla in the group, because I think having that uh, balance of experience in uh, fresh outlook on, on different aspects of interest, industry are very important, but it all goes back to strategy. It all goes back to a business plan. And I think that hasn't changed in the last 30 years and it, and it won't change. So we do think that that's gonna lead to inclusiveness. In the fashion industry that I'm very involved in, we're dealing with that in the physical world. So right now I'm working on a digital collection where you know we're, we're having to make decisions about the, uh, the visuals, the visual communication of our proposition, what kind of avatars, what do the avatars say? And, and while you know, I obviously very much about advancing uh, the, the gender equality, I also worry about um, you know, racial equality, uh, disabilities, as some of you know, I have a disabled brother who has abilities now to access things and activities he couldn't before Web3. So for me, I think it's all about your values. And if your values, your shared values are those of in inclusiveness in the physical world, Web3 is a natural progression. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Andrea, for, for sharing your thoughts there. And at the moment, um, you, so you're the founder of Fiji Code, and uh, I really think that at the, the metaverse is, is coming fast and brands and individuals are accelerating and going into this um, physical world is starting to be bridged. Uh, the line that separates the physical and the metaverse world is starting to be thinner and thinner. And more brands are looking to, uh, like, even such as brands such as uh, JP Morgan are transitioning into this metaverse world. And so, speaking of brands transitioning to the metaverse and uh, the ability to create digital lives uh, for real 
live products, I think it's opening the door to a truly uh, digital existence. And so, Andre, I had a question for you. Could you could you tell us more, maybe, about why you decided to create uh, the Fidgicode Consortium, and uh, how can we actually bridge the the virtual and physical worlds? So. Why we created Fidgicode? I think um, after 25 years in retail, um, I was involved. Actually, I think Yana mentioned a little bit of the disparity in the past. I I was the only quote girl developer in a big uh, in one of the largest uh, shopping center development companies uh, in, in the Americas um, at a time when there weren't a lot of female developers. So for me, it was more about you know doing the job right. Uh, I won't say that there were, it, it wasn't a lonely to be the only female developer, but there were a lot of women in the retail side, on the marketing side. And so uh, diversity is something that, uh, you know, we learned a lot from the physical world. Mm -hmm. I think in the retail business, what's happening now is that we've gone from a physical only environment to web one and web two, enabling the communication with a consumer, with a community uh, in ways that were only enhancing the physical sale, enhancing uh, the supply chain, enhancing uh, basically creating tools for marketing, operations development. Web3 opened the door to something completely different because in Web3, through an avatar, you can have a digital identity that can be completely different from your physical identity. And that identity also needs apparel, needs enhancement, may, you know, you could be a completely different persona in the metaverse. Um, I started working with blockchain and, and Web3 technologies in 2018, and I'm actually um, part of a group called the Dematerialized. We have a marketplace for digital fashion, and we've uh, done a, a wonderful job at showcasing some of the best artists in digital. But there is this disconnect sometimes for physical brands of how that then relates to their message and their strategy in the physical world. So one of the things that we've been trying to do is to get everybody together from our industries, talking to the CEOs of retail companies, the owners of stores that fear Web3, that don't want to see the physical experience go away, the retailers, the product makers, the fashion designers, and the digital designers. And instead of creating this physical or digital, saying how we can all create a strategy where we help each other. Not every brand is going to need a gamevertising strategy. Not everybody has to have a skin in the game. It's all a question, going back to, I think, what Tarja and Yana talked about, of strategy for the business. What If I'm looking at it as an investor, I want to know what's the strategy for this business tomorrow, in five years, in 10 years. If part of the strategy is to capture a demographic that spends 50% of their time in, in game, I am going to want to find a way to engage with them. And that hasn't changed from when we tried to do things in physical activities or activations that were specific to targeting a certain group or community. So for me, Fidgicode was needed to create that dialogue from the physical leaders and the digital leaders. Because what we were seeing a lot of in the last three years is one side telling the other the way the future will look. And the reality is that we all have to work together. So if you look at the makeup of our consortium, we talk about categories, not about people's titles. And so we have categories like digital design, uh, purpose-driven metaverse, um, DAOs. And so we talk about how, for example, Faith Tribe is one of our partners, Wahid Chamas and Maria Buchalati are involved with us. How you take a physical brand like Faith Connection and how you create a DAO that's gonna give opportunities to creatives that were not in existence before. 
So Web3 in that case is an example of how you use the technology to open up access to a very luxurious brand and a creative process to everyone in the world. So really for us at Vigicode, the idea is to create this dialogue, this education, and to also show uh, the, the uh, physical community and the digital community how it can be done together. So we are an incubator and we are partnering, as, as Leila knows, with brands. You're gonna see very soon a collection of ours in, in, in a metaverse fashion week event, where we partner with a physical brand to do um, their first collaboration between physical and digital. And so we do the strategy part, but we also do the showing the world how it works, uh, which I think is the best way to, to, to prove our point. And, uh, and we welcome the education from both sides, uh, digital and physical. Thank you so much, uh, Andra. And really, it's such an amazing, what you're doing is, is really inspirational and amazing and everything, all the projects that you're take, undertaking with Fiji Code uh, really is what's helping us uh, make the transition and uh, to the metaverse and to the, to the, the, the digital world. And so as we build actually the, a future that emerges, uh, the physical and, uh, and digital world, uh, how important is it, in your opinion, uh, that we address the importance of diversity uh, in, and inclusiveness? I think it's very important. Uh, and I think it's important because it's also important in the physical world. So, you know, in the fashion industry, uh, entertainment, and uh, my business with Interconnected, which is our incubator for, for fashion and entertainment industry, we've been dealing with this for many years. Uh, and again, it needs to be authentic. One thing I can say about generational impact on, on strategy, uh, different generations establish what are the rules of, of, of community engagement. And one thing I love about Gen Z as a generation is that they truly believe in, uh, in acquiring goods for access, not for possession, in belonging in a community. And that's true about everything, not just product or fashion or entertainment. That is true in the metaverse as well. So if you think about consumption for access, and you think about community building, what are the values of that community? And they have to be very inclusive. So I think it is very important because if your message in the metaverse is one, if your avatars start to look a certain way, and look, there are a lot of things we haven't figured out. I think Tarja mentioned, we, we have a lot of work to do in terms of, you know, where are we headed with this? Um, you know, we had a conversation the other day about uh, the avatar selection for, for a virtual event. Uh, do we all want to look like a perfect version of ourselves in the metaverse? Because we can look perfect in the metaverse. Um, do we lose authenticity? I mean, there are a lot of issues that uh, are very, very uh, specific uh, about social psychology uh, in, in a lot of areas that are not my expertise. And this is why I created Fidgicode. We are bringing people from compliance, from uh, uh, cryptocurrency, from... Uh, the legal and accounting expertise to understand how we're gonna to have to create these new tools and access and inclusion in a way that uh, will be possible. Uh, we're bringing people with a social psychology background with, um, you know, if you think about building a corporate board or you think about the things that most companies uh, look for in their employees and their leadership, the same will apply to building 
an inclusive metaverse. And I think Yana said something that, that I believe in wholeheartedly, which is I invest in people. I always tell people when they pitch me a project for my incubator, I said, I invest in people. So I need to get to know the people because at the end of the day, if the people are doing the right thing, they have the right long-term plan, things happen. Money gets lost sometimes. But if you have the right plan and the right people you can trust, things can be turned around. And so if you think about that as your mantra for anything you do in the metaverse, you have to bring people that can advise you. And I'm a big believer that nobody knows everything about everything. So as you saw with FidgetCode, we're bringing people from different areas of expertise because I do think inclusive uh, metaverse will require a lot of understanding uh, of, of socioeconomic issues as well. And that's why we have people like Anya Yung-Chi, who's been working in Latin America to create inclusive metaverse activities and to use the technology to provide access to, to, to people who otherwise wouldn't have in the past access these, uh, these opportunities. So I do think it's all about education and I think it has to involve community and a lot of people bringing their expertise to the table. Uh, thank you so much, Andrea, for giving us such valuable advice today. And what you're doing is, is really inspirational and amazing. And one last question I would have is, uh, so which advice could you give, for example, to brands who are transitioning uh, in the metaverse? I mean, what would be the, 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 the next steps to take in order to be more involved? I think it's education. Um, and I think it's education uh, that goes beyond, uh, you know, some brands call me sometimes, CEOs of, of retail brands I've known for many years, and they say, who can I hire to come talk to my board? I, I think that's valuable, but I don't think that's the only education. I think the education has to be uh, involving all uh, the leaders of different teams, regardless of the size of the brand. Uh, I often uh, get approached uh, by companies that send me their, their tech department or their CTO, but then when we talk to the production people, to the people dealing with supply chain or the designers, they don't understand the business. So I think education is key. And I think um, it's trying to ask the questions. Do, why do I want to join Web3? Uh, by the way, it's not different than Web2. Uh, for those in the, in the brand and, and product business that were around in the early 2000s, uh, the question was, do I join Facebook? Do I have an Instagram account when Instagram became available? The question is, what do you want to do with the technology? To me, technology is there to solve the problem. So I think education can be in different ways. You can talk to other brands. We are creating some events to bring uh, uh, brands to the table to share their experiences. And I think a lot of it is uh, it's testing, testing the different things. Uh, that can't work for your brand. You are seeing in the news, some brands are rebranding their entire company, separating the brand into two sides, saying, you know, this, this aspect of the brand is going to be very inclusive of technology and, and targeting a certain community. Uh, there's no, I don't think there's a right or wrong rule, but I do think it starts with strategy. And that's true for any business. So one of the things that we are going to start doing with FidgetCode is creating this educational aspect of the business. We can't, we can't help everybody in a short period of time, but we want to provide the resources so that brands can be directed to people that are trusted by us in different areas. There are people who just want to invest in metaverse activities or get involved with some think tanks. 
there are those who are determined to doing advertising in the metaverse. So we know where to direct them and how to partner with them. And I think a lot of it is going to be also an allocation of resources. Just like with Web2, if you're a brand, you have to allocate some financial and human resources to doing it right. Otherwise, it's just an activation. Well, thank you so much, Andrea. And um, it's really, truly fascinating. And if anyone here wants to transition to the metaverse, you know who to contact here. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much. And so just to go back uh, to, to, the, to the main, to the first question, um, as our virtual uh, and material worlds converge, uh, uh, Jamie, uh, as the founder of uh, MetaHub, could you tell us a bit more uh, about your initiatives and the conferences that you organize and what are several ethical challenges uh, that will need to be addressed as more and more people uh, shift to Web3? Amazing. Yes, no problem. Can you hear me okay? Cool. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm always concerned with this mic that it's never on. Um, so a little bit of background uh, from, you know, coming into building MetaHub is I started off work as a youth worker. So Kelly, what you're saying really resonated with me. Uh, I used to work with what they were considered to be some of the most marginalized people within London, um, working within gangs, within prisons, to be able to support young people into employment, education and training. Um, and I, from my background as well, I started uh, I was quite ill, as I had chronic illness uh, in my teenage years, I'm dyslexic, and I grew up with a disabled brother. So I've been exposed to lots of different aspects of marginalization. Um, and part of that led to, you know, developing the STEM strategy for the Prince's Trust, which is, I'm sure most of you are aware, but science, technology, engineering, and maths, and trying to roll that out to be able to get young people from disadvantaged backgrounds into these kind of careers which is obviously a really challenging thing to be able to do because the sector is largely academic. So one of the aspects that was really important in being able to do that was thinking about not just the barriers that those young people face, but also the people that are trying to teach them how to do it. Because I tell you what, youth workers are not a fan of STEM, yeah? They did not go into youth work to be able to go and deliver science, technology, engineering, and math stuff a lot of the time. So that kind of led on to lots of different ideas that I had when I wanted to go self-employed. And one of them was setting up MetaHub, which actually came out the fact that I set up my first business the week before the pandemic struck, which is not the best time to go set up your own business. Um, but as part of that, um, I started to think about how I could deliver training differently and how I could utilize virtual reality as a product and service to deliver training. And that kind of led on to developing these virtual environments. And then MetaHub, which is basically an organization that designs custom virtual environments for delivering training. And one of those ideas that I have is kind of like, well, we could change the virtual environment for each individual, depending on potentially a neurodivergency. So whether it's a, someone who's on the autistic side of the spectrum, or we could design an environment that's less stimulating, that doesn't overwhelm. Whereas if you've got someone on the ADHD or dyslexic side of the spectrum, we can make sure it's very engaging, very, you know, everything's moving all the time, very colorful. And each pe person can experience that metaverse differently. Um, but all potentially be in the same space at the same time. So we have a bit of a social mission about trying to build that inclusion within the metaverse. I think that why this is really important is because when we don't accommodate those who are marginalized in society, sorry, when we do accommodate those who are marginalized in society, the whole population benefits. When we build digital products and services that only meet the needs of certain people, we end up with a minimum viable product that serves normally only those who are most able to participate already. And that often means that we don't anticipate people's needs and we don't account for preferences. 
in a digital economy, we shouldn't be retrospectively adapting and retrofitting products, services and cultures or societies in order to serve people who haven't been considered for or accounted for from the start. So the Web2 approach was about looking at disabling. Basically, we looked at disabling factors as an individual responsibility that they had to overcome. And if we applied more of a social framework to it, we'd re recognize that the responsibility of digital participation doesn't sit with the individual, but with the society to remove the disabling factors that make it difficult to participate. So the metaverse and Web3 provides an opportunity for us to find ways to remove some of the barriers that impede participation. Lovely, it, it kind of very much in connection with what Andrew was saying, because if we develop things with that in mind, we can make sure that more people are able to I think uh, there's some issue with uh, Jamie's audio. So Lela, if I may just come in um, yes. for a couple of minutes. You know, I'm hosting a lot of webinars these days about the metaverse and NFT space and meeting a lot of uh, entrepreneurs who are venturing into the space. I want to recognize now Ilham, who's based in France, uh, who is in the, uh, she's an entrepreneur and in the digital fashion business. And she has made a lot of uh, inroads in the meta space. So I want to recognize her and give her, if possible, three minutes uh, to share her story with uh, all our panelists and our audience. So Ilum, your three minutes start now, please. Thank you, Sharad. So hello, everybody. My name is Ilem. I'm passionate uh, about virt virtual worlds. It's my child world and jewelry. I create the brand Nebeta which is the one of the first brand of uh, real jewelry in the metaverse. Uh, it's culturally inspired um, jewelry handcraft and, co and coverage in 18 karat gold. And I use va various uh, female avatars to present my collection. And I will soon release a new collection uh, of luxury NFTs jewelry, like uh, one a necklace I made a uh, few year, few days ago. And I'm I uh, still continue to create new jewelry jewelry NFTs. Um, and I propose several advantages for the NFTs holders uh, and the community. Like for example, in limited souls uh, of um, 40, 50, sorry, 50 percent of the real uh, jewelry of the brand, uh, NFT jewelry will also be trans transferable of uh, on avatars from uh, one virtual world to another, and there will be also the creation of the NFT jewelry in real jewelry and events in the real and virtual world, NFT and real jewelry to win and many other surprises uh, for the community and for the for the others. And uh, I'm sure that the uh, experience and fashion will have a, a huge place in the metaverse and uh, we will have all an avatar one day, it's for sure. <laughs> and um, people, will want their avatars to be stylish and appearance will be very important in the metaverse, I think. And I see it already uh, for years in uh, the, the current virtual world, uh, like Fortnite, like Second Life, like I Am View. 
And I think Web3 will dethrone today's social networks. Uh, thank, thank you, you thank so you much. Can yeah. I request you also to share your website address on the chat? So yes, I will share. Yeah. Yes, of course. And I think uh, I had cut off Jamie because there was some issue with his audio. If Jamie, your audio is uh, okay now, you can come back on the screen, please. Hello there. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, sorry, just just to jump back on uh, Ilham, uh, yeah. I really like. I think it's fascinating what you're doing and the initiatives that you're taking, and this is exactly the type of uh, initiatives that we're looking for uh, in the community. And I think um, it's really great. Thank you. Thank you, Ilham. Amazing. Uh, see, I knew the mic was going to cut out. I could predict it in advance. You know, when you can see the future for a second, it happens. <laughs> um, so uh, just kind of around basically how do we build that metaverse more meaningfully, which was in answer to your kind of previous question. And the only kind of extra bit that I'd like to add to that is that someone's pain, suffering or exclusion should not be the price of admission to compassion, understanding and accommodation. And that's what we often do when we're trying to look at accommodation. We have to wait till someone's telling us that they're hurting to telling us that they can't participate and then we do something about it because we only really what sometimes we when we look at that accommodation we only do it if somebody we feel that they need something and actually if we try to accommodate much more we accommodate the extremes we benefit the mean and what I mean by that is those people on the fringes actually give us better products get better product services and we can start developing things not just for ability but for preference and that's really important to make sure that everyone can actually benefit from what's there. So that's the only thing I wanted to add from that last question. Thank you so much, uh, Jamie. And uh, I love what you're doing uh, with the Meta Hub. And um, it's, it's really such uh, great initiatives. It's very inspiring. And it's with people like you that we can make the Metaverse uh, a more inclusive space. Um, yeah. yes. Thanks, Leila. I'm also trying to get your co-founder, Gabriela, Gabriela uh, online, but I can't seem to find her in the participants list, so maybe we'll try that again later. But uh, uh, oh. I just want to throw one question uh, to all our panelists uh, and yes. get their opinion on that, because um, I'm a newbie uh, in the metaverse in that only when uh, NFT was declared as the word of the year by Collins Dictionary did I wake up to this reality of NFT. So I have been reading a lot. When uh, Facebook rebranded as Meta around, I think, November 24th, I again woke up to the new reality of the metaverse. So in the last uh, maybe two months, I have gobbled up uh, more than 500 articles, attended 30, 40 webinars. It's been accelerated learning. Everything is DIY, self-taught, didn't uh, you know, do any formal education. So uh, my question to all panelists is one, is Metaverse still like 1996 when internet came about? So are we just starting? And how much time do you think it'll take for Metaverse evolve before um, you know the numbers uh, show up in terms of businesses and brands getting into the meta space and individuals also participating in a major way so um, 
This question is for anybody around the room. We can go. So whoever is ready to offer their take, uh, please go ahead. Just definitely something that I'd like to add from that perspective is that um, one of the biggest failings of Web2 and the digital transformation so far has been because of the way that we've evolved, evolved participation is so many people who have pre-existing inequalities have combined with their digital inequalities to further disenfranchise people and they face additional barriers. What I'd like to really see with this development of the new technology is not just to be able to go, right, how quickly can we get it up or when is everybody going to be in the metaverse, but can everyone enter the metaverse at a similar time and have a similar experience? So it's not just about those who are first to the post and first to get in, actually get the most from it, um, but actually everyone is able to get something from it. So I'm probably less worried about the timing and more interested in how can everyone be involved? Um, because particularly as technology erodes those boundaries between the material and digital world, we need to move beyond that industrial approach of supporting each other to make sure that we're benefiting everyone. Thank you, Jamie. Anybody else would like to comment on that? I agree with Jamie. And first of all, I, I want to take a minute to, to say that I, I'm really in awe of what you do, Jamie. I, I know a little bit about uh, what you do and, and, and the struggles of accomplishing what you're accomplishing in the past. I think technology, you are a living example of why Web3 uh, will be uh, really an important uh, evolution in technology because the level of access and the democratization of creativity, of interaction. I think we're seeing it in, in, in real world events, how uh, the technology is unifying everybody. Uh, you know, I, I recently wrote a paper on, on the impact of DAOs and, and unification. There are issues with regulation that we're gonna have to face, just like with Web1 and Web2. Uh, it took years to get legislation to catch up right, to, to the technology. So there, we all uh, have extraordinarily wonderful goals that will need to be supported by legislation of our countries. I think all of us in, in this webinar in many different parts of the world where legislation will be handled differently. Uh, I'm personally committed to spending time with legislators, and I am doing that, and with the people helping write the rules and understanding from them and being able to support uh, whatever all of us leading uh, the development of these companies, supporting the conversation, because it, there's no way around it. And I think a lot of what you're doing uh, is aligned with a lot of, at least in my country, with the legislation and the, and, and the movement to more inclusive activities. So to the extent that you can prove with your use cases that the technology is enabling that. You're gonna find a lot of organizational support and, and obviously you have my contact and I'd love to talk to you more about this because I think that's where, again, going back to the earlier conversation, that the strength of Web3 is that we're all able to meet and to talk about this. And if we join forces, we're gonna find a way to utilize the technology in the proper way for each of our goals. And some of the goals are different and some of them are very aligned. What you're doing is extraordinary because I agree. I think, you know, there are things that were virtually impossible before Web 1, very difficult with Web 1 and Web 2. And right now, uh, somebody with a lot of impediments uh, who is concerned about his or her visual identity or, or their visual identity um, can amass that and remove that stigma uh, in Web3 and, and choose how to present themselves. Uh, I think the access to tools, DAOs, like what uh, Leila is working on, give access to people without 
you know, in the old days, you had to have a certain level of education or financial access to tools. And if you had a disability and couldn't achieve a certain level of education in a certain uh, field, you couldn't be invited to the conversation. Right now, if you have the talent and you can produce it and put it out there, um, you can be sponsored by somebody for your work. And it doesn't matter if you have ADD or, or if you're on the spectrum uh, or where you went to school. And, and that's one of the things that we're trying to show, you know, a Fiji code, one of the things I told Leila the first time that she reached out to me and I said, listen, you're a student. I haven't thought about having a student. I have people here who are CEOs of retail companies with 30 years of experience. And, uh, and, and it wasn't a quick decision. And I said, you know, uh, I need to, I want to show the world what I believe in, which is the uh, web two and web three are enabling us to meet. I see the extraordinary work a student is, is advancing and why shouldn't I invite that person to the conversation? It doesn't matter what the gender, the age, the location is. It's the work and the commitment to quality. So I think, uh, Jamie, you are going to find a lot of support from a lot of organizations and you can count me in uh, to help you because uh, what you're doing is, is one of the reasons I think Web3 will change our world. Thank you. <laughs> I could just jump in and add to that as well um, for um, just to kind of add a different another perspective to the conversation for anyone who's listening. Um, I think also kind of when we look at the inclusion and access conversation, it's important to look at it from a perspective that it's not just coming from a Yes, we all want to be united and happy and it, we need to create access and space, but it's actually also an economic argument. Uh, persons with disabilities is the third largest economic power in the world. Uh, they, and women control over two, uh, $20 trillion in consumer spending. So this isn't just about, I think the key element here is metaverse, NFTs, crypto. Right now, it's still largely considered like a gamer specific kind of community. And what we're going to be seeing, especially over this next year, as an evolution and expansion, which is now going to be consumer powered. All the potential and application of these technologies are around the consumer applications. We have metaverses. Um, we're going to be shopping in the metaverse. We're going to be going to events in the metaverse. And so when we look at that, that standpoint, and we look at it from a consumer standpoint, it's an economic benefit to make these spaces inclusive, to involve persons with disabilities for women, uh, minority groups, because they actually hold the spending power that you're building these tools for. Well, uh, thank you so much, uh, Kelly and Andrea and Jamie, Tarja, thank you very much for uh, sharing your insights with everyone today. And uh, you're all such inspirational individuals uh, and your industry leaders. And it really means a lot um, to, to share like your expertise and to give us uh, such valuable advice. And I hope that we can do this uh, sometime again soon. Yes, uh, thank you, Lela. Uh, on that note, I mean, hats off to you for putting the show together. I see so much promise in you and we'll keep this conversation going. Yeah, I think we must applaud her for all her efforts. And uh, this is not just a one-time uh, webinar that we are doing. Lela and I have already decided that we will keep this conversation going. So uh, we'll be having more webinars on similar subjects and bringing in new talent into the room because we've clearly identified that education is the way forward, right?
yeah. we have to uh, get more people involved and this is probably one of the great ways of doing that so on behalf of uh, you know leila and myself i want to thank uh, each one of our panelists and our lovely audience for investing their 60 minutes with us uh, on a housekeeping note there'll be a recording and a podcast of this webinar available later today at onlywebinars.com and i'll also be sharing it on all social media so stay tuned for our forthcoming webinars and uh, wish you all the best stay safe and be good see you on the other side Therefore, thank you all thank you bye -bye. everyone bye see you bye, -bye.